Hey, Adam Smolcom here, lead pastor of Vive Church. Welcome to our podcast. I pray that God will speak to you through the message today and that a greater level of faith would be unlocked in your life. God bless. Hey, look, we're going to speak about uh, power. There's a, there's, a, there's a word for power in the New Testament that means energy. And that's the one I'm going to talk about. The two words are dunamis and exousia. Uh, and exousia means authority. And that's, that's, you need to have that, that power. So if I go out under your main freeway here, dressed like this, and I put up my hand, I'll probably just be a grease spot within three seconds as the big truck comes down. But I put a police u- uniform on, I stand out there, they will stop because there's authority invested in the, in the uniform. That's authority. So in the spiritual world, I am clothed with that authority and I can say, devil, stop. And I have power. But then there's this other power, which is energy, which is the, when you are feeling exhausted and wasted and drained, there is power that's available for every single one of us. So I want to read the scripture out of Acts 1 verse 8. And we're going to talk about the, the, the reasons why we get drained, how we recharge, and how we release this power in, in our lives. And so, uh, Acts 1 verse 8, and one of the reasons we have Presence Conference is for exactly this reason, that people would be refreshed. Now, I've, I've been to some conferences that have said, yeah, times of refreshing. I've... I found those times of refreshing quite exhausting, actually, uh, because, because it's just, just crazy schedule. Up at nine, finish at 11 at night. Well, our conferences are not like that. We start at one o'clock in the afternoon. We only have three meetings in the day. So you can sleep in. I mean, talk about relationships. This is a real marriage reviver. You could sleep in and who, who knows what could happen. I mean, you could have cappuccino in there and you, you, uh, it's like but, but it's such a great time because people say oh, I am refreshed I really am and we don't try and wind you up and, and put a lot of pressure on you or anything like that at a presence conference we just simply want you to feel re-energized and recharged and so this scripture here but you shall receive power out of Acts 1 verse 8 tells us that when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So you've got to be in an environment where the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you so that you can receive power. Now there are, there, there are that's two different experiences because you can actually experience the Holy Spirit. You can receive a gift of tongues or a gift of healing or one of the gifts which everybody in this room has access to. But this power that comes upon us, it's got to be generated in our lives. And I'm going to talk on how how we actually make that happen. The power of God is resident within every single one of us at every one of our locations this morning. When you reached out and you asked Christ into your life and He came in and you you thirsted and you, you hungered for the power of the Holy Spirit to be on you and you got baptized in the Spirit, then now you are clothed with a power. And that, and Jesus said that in Luke 24, verse 49, 
Go and wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you walk in and, and it's an angry household. It's heavy. It's an atmosphere. Or else it's an unclean kind of atmosphere. And you walk out and you feel like you're clothed with it. You, you want to shake it off. It's like, what is this on me? Things get on us. When you come into church, something gets on you. That's why we say, be in the house of God every week. Because, because it's like, what a, isn't it a great feeling when you've been running on empty and you're in your car and you see the needle going ding, 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 bouncing on the, you go, oh, I'm going to make it. You're tense, you're anxious, you're, yeah, and your car's spluttering and it's, it's not working right. It's picking up all the junk in the bottom of the petrol tank and it's, it's, it's fouling the systems and you tuk, 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 chug into a, a petrol station. You fill it up. How good is that feeling? <laughs> you, and you see the needles way over there. It's, you got a full tank. That's church. That's what being in the house of God is meant to be like, that we come every week and we're, we're, we're running on empty. But, but actually, we can be doing that every day. We've got to develop a charging culture in our personal lives. When I get into my car, I just plug, I plug the phone in straight away. I didn't used to, right? We all didn't used to. But we've all gotten used to, my God, I got, because that time your house was burning down and you rang up 911, phone's dead. Ugh. That's a bad day, right? You're watching your house burn, 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 and you can't ring anybody. I mean, there's an accident. You're, and th there's all sorts of dependencies we've, we've got on that phone. But it's only if it's, if it's charged up. You must use it as a doorstop if it's not charged up because it, it's got access to all the information in the world. And so, so when, when you plug in and that battery starts coming up again, then you're feeling good when... I mean, I start to feel bad if it gets down to 50%. So I charge it up, I charge it up. I'm trying to stay ahead of the game. But with your spiritual life, that is exactly the same. Because there are things every day in your life that exhaust you, that drain you. So somebody complains to you and you've got to listen to this complaining. That's dropping your, 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 your spirit. You start believing for something and it doesn't happen. You believe again, it doesn't happen. You believe again and you're trying to keep your faith up and it, it just keeps draining. You're using it up. You come into church, somebody says, nothing's impossible with God. You go, whoa, got a little more. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph through Christ Jesus. With God, all things are possible. We're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. And you go, yeah, that's right. Get out of my way, devil. You are, you are on fire again because you got recharged. And that's what the presence of God will do for you. That's what it is meant to do in the, in the presence of the Lord. Where I pray every morning of my life. I get up pretty early and I'm walking around praying. There comes a point where I go, oh, and I'm plugged in. I think, whoa, I start to laugh sometimes. Other times I start to run around the room. True story. I've run around in many hotel rooms. <laughs> Smith Wigglesworth used to say, he said, whenever he woke up, he'd say, good morning, God, and he'd run around the bedroom. I know what he's talking about. 
I just, I dance. This is all on my own. If you're looking through the window, you think, poor Pastor Phil is. I'm just telling you in case you do. But the point is, you receive power. I, don't, I doubt that you could put your finger in, a, in the power socket and do nothing. Something's going to happen. I doubt an elephant would sit on you and you wouldn't feel it. If I'm in the presence of God, He's way bigger than an elephant, people. He's like, oh, God. And you need that drop of oil every day. You know, guys, you, you say, I'm feeling burnt out. You know those, those candles in the Bible? They're a clay pot with a lid on it, a little funnel, and there's a wick coming out there. And the, the pot is full of oil. The wick is burning. You light the wick and it gives light. When the oil burns, when, it, when it's used up all the oil, because the wick isn't burning, it's the oil that's burning. The wick's holding it there. But when, when the oil runs out, the wick starts to burn. That's called burnout. That's you living without the anointing. That's you living without enough oil. That's the unwise virgins who didn't pay the price to get their oil. And they said, can we get your oil off you? Basically, I can't do your praying for you. You gotta pay your own price. You gotta get your own oil. And so as you simply stir up the gift that is within you, you will start to recharge when you spend time in the presence of God. And you might, you might think, look, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not much good at prayer. Well, neither was I. I mean, people say, wow, you got a decent prayer life. And in some ways, yes. But let me tell you how it started. I went uh, and heard a man called Edward Miller from Argentina, a missionary from America to Argentina, speak. And he spoke about how he used to pray for eight hours, to sometimes 16 hours a day. And then they had the great Tommy Hicks revival in Argentina in the 1950s. Astonishing. 500,000 people. Trucks had to come in to take away all the wheelchairs and all the crutches because there's so many miracles. Astonishing time. But it began with this man praying. I got inspired, I thought. I'm going to pray. I don't know if I can do eight hours. I'm going to try three. I thought three is modest. You know, that's, I was like a six-month-old Christian. So I went back home uh, to my house. I shut the door and I prayed 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 and prayed prayed prayed. Oh, that's going to be the first hour. I look at my watch. Five minutes. Oh, I felt like I was in prison. I thought, oh God. Three hours in here. Oh, I hate prayer. And I thought, this is awful. I just, okay. So I got through it and it was like murder. It was just like torture. I hated it. So at that time I hated prayer. And because that, that's what it was. But I, then I, I, I get this thing about Christians out here. They're talking about seeking God. I'm going like, how do you seek God? What do you do to seek an invisible person? <laughs> so I went down to the mountain of Mount Cook, the foothills. And I stood on the foothills because I, I knew I could do anything I liked there and nobody would be seeing me. And I just went, God! 
I'm seeking you. I look behind bushes. I said, are you hiding? I lifted up rocks. I said, are you there? I don't know what to do, how to seek you. And then he was there. I knew he was there, right? Like there. And I, I didn't know what to do now. I go, Uh, hello. Um, this is, this is good. I like you. This is a nice feeling. Hmm. This is really good. And I was just there communing. And then you kind of break consciousness. And I thought, oh, that's five minutes. I look at my watch, one hour. Oh, you're naughty. I see. I see. It's relationship. It's not prayer. It's just being there in the presence. Not trying to be all religious, but actually getting to know him. Feeling the presence of God. Practicing the presence of God. And if God loves anybody, it's someone who loves Him. And don't just say, let's all love the Lord. It's like you really like Him. That you really enjoy Him more than just anything else in the world. And that is what loving God above all other things actually means. It's not a religious exercise. It's an actual relationship. Now, do you prefer that to every other relationship? But if he's number one, then all the other relationships will fall into correct order. It's that simple. So in that presence, then I am going to receive power. I'm going to get recharged. But in that presence also, he will then, he will then start to download into my thinking, not just through me praying out, but through simply relating to him. I will start to get upgrades to my entire operating system. And, and he needs my consent, just like Apple do with you. Do you consent? Bang. Oh, baby, yeah, there's an upgrade. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. yeah. Proceed, consent. Uh, yeah, have you read all the uh, terms? These people have made lies out of us all. We just, yes, and uh, I agree. <laughs> As if anybody's ever read any of that. <laughs> so, so you, you've, you've, you, you, you've got your upgrade and your recharge happening at the same time. Because they say, you've got you to plug in before we start uploading this thing. Because if it breaks in halfway, I don't know what's going to happen. I've never experienced that, but it'll, it'll mess your, your, your device up. So, so when you plug in to recharge, when you plug into that presence, when you plug in at church, and don't just come to church and watch. This isn't for about spectators. This is about getting in there. All the way to the back row. This is like, I, I tell our congregation, just stand on your front foot. Front-footed worship. Just do that. That'll be simple enough because it is physical. If I see somebody, you know, like we've got folded arms, chewing gum, we've got a pretty big auditorium, they're sitting in a seat way over there on their own, feet on the chair in front of them. 
That, that's sort of like, you know, as if, and the deacons are even afraid to go over there with the offering bucket, you know. He goes, just watching. So I say, hey, I, I, we, so we put ropes down there. You can't go there. Rebels still go. But, you know, we get him over here. It is astonishing. I, I can get a person into revival just by seating them properly. Because he, he comes and sits there in the, in the middle. You know, he can't, he can't chew his gum anymore. He can't put his feet up because he's shamed into behaving correctly. <laughs> And the offerings come by, and people put in, he thinks, oh, flip, I better find something. <laughs> and, and now everybody around him's got their hands up and they're shouting, so he's, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he starts to do it. Then he gets on fire. That's coals together. Get fire going. That's why you go to the dinner parties. That's why you come to church and you hang out next to the, the on fire crowd because it affects you. You recharge. That's how you recharge. And then when you, when you start to understand the things that drain you, you can, you can avoid that so that your charge remains longer. Now, let me take you to a passage that I'll show you one of the main reasons why people actually do get drained. And it's a, it's a longish passage in Isaiah 43 verse 22. <clears throat> Isaiah 43, 22, but you haven't called on me, O Jacob, and you've been weary of me, O Israel. So he's not praying. You haven't called on me. Why? Because he's weary. He's tired. He's exhausted. He says, and because of that, because you're weary, you haven't brought me sheep for your burnt offerings. You haven't brought any guests along to church. Uh, You haven't brought me uh, you have an honor me with sacrifices. I mean, to be one of the volunteers, you know, have to give up Sunday morning breakfast, you know. A, a bit of a sacrifice. Yeah. He's sneaky, isn't he? How he get just, I've built a lot of churches. <laughs> I know what they build on. They build on the enormous sacrifice of volunteers who pack up and put down Every week, a whole like this. The only reason we got places to sit and bands to hear and beautiful screen and all of this is because of hundreds and hundreds of volunteers. And we'll sit in here while the little demons, angels, children are out, out in the, uh, the children's, you know, getting looked after by those very patient people. You got to put Round pegs and round holes. That's why I'm not a children's church overseer. Amen. <laughs> Those poor kids. Neither have you. I have not called you to serve the grand offerings nor wearied you with incense. I'm not asking you to be, do all this, this religious stuff. You brought me no sweet cane with money. It's like bringing your offering with a good attitude. He says, yeah. You might have even brought me money, but. You know, the attitude's not that sweet. Nor have you satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifice, the best of what you've got. Wow. You know, you give me these leftovers and what you can afford. and that, The fat, the, the best. Wow. You kept that for yourself. But you burdened me with your sins. You've wearied me with your iniquities. Wow. 
I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Okay, so here's, here's the thing. You're weary. He's saying, Jacob, your prayer life's a little ordinary because you're, you're weary. Your, your offerings are a bit ordinary, you know, and you're not really maximizing your possibilities, your potential, because you're weary. You've got this negative mindset. I'm tired. I can't be bothered. Oh, no. You've got that sigh on the inside of you. And, and, and the kids come in with one more request. Daddy, daddy, here we go. And, and you, you're all tired out. And you easily go towards the negative because that's what a tired person goes to. So that's, that, that can be the state of some Christians. And often sometimes it's because, and this is a totally other teaching, they have not learned to say no. They're just doing too much. And they, sometimes because they want to do all sorts of things, but even curtailing your want is, is important. But here, okay, so, so they're saying we're weary. But I, I can tell you why in this particular instant, they definitely are tired and weary. <clears throat> he says, God says, you have burdened me with your sins. In verse 24, second part of verse 24. You burden me with your sins. You keep bringing me your sins. You keep talking to me about the things you've done wrong. You keep talking to me about your mistakes and your failures. And he says, you burden me with your sins. You have wearied me. You think you're tired. I'm tired. I am worn out with listening to you coming back again and again. But God, can't you remember like when I was like, you're making this prayer about all your ugly parts of living. And he says, when was that? He said, oh God, Tuesday, last year, 7 p.m. You know, oh, did they bear? Oh, wish I'd never done that. He says, Tuesday, 7 p.m., 2018. Yeah, we got your records up here. Nothing here. It's gone. You, you uh, repented apparently and there's just a, it's blotted out. So we got no records up here. It's gone. Why, why don't you stop thinking about it? Do you think roasting yourself about it makes me happy? Do you think not forgiving yourself is gonna somehow atone for your own sin? Do you think that you feeling pain is gonna make you better, is gonna get rid of your sin? Do you not realise that I sent Jesus to take your pain, to pay the price so that it would be blotted out? What are you doing? Remembering it all the time because you think that whipping yourself is somehow gonna atone for your sin. It's been atoned for. We dishonour the, the, the work of Jesus when we don't forgive ourselves. We say it wasn't enough. We say you didn't do enough. I got to do some. I got to add to it to get really forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. The shame has gone. So then he says, put me in remembrance. You dispel negative thinking by thinking about the positives. You dispel guilt by thinking about justification, not by fighting guilt. Wow. I won't be guilty, I won't be guilty. That's not gonna beat guilt. Think about, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. 
I am forgiven. Turn the light on, darkness disappears. But you've got to be focusing on that. Your memory loves to remember the negatives. But you're meant to forget them. Some people say they got a bad memory. But honestly, you got a bad forgettery. You are remembering the things you should forget and forgetting the things you should remember. It is so important that you understand these things are what drain you and stay away from them. Now, getting back to our passage, you shall receive power. It is so that you can do on this earth. And this is the the most important part of this message. Listen in carefully all around the locations. This is about moving on from the cross to the resurrection. This is about moving on from the resurrection to the upper room. If your Christian life is stuck, you're still hovering around the cross getting saved every week because you haven't moved to the place of power where you are living an empowered life so that you don't need to turn up at the cross all the time because you're not making the same mistakes. The power of the Holy Spirit is given to us so that we can do what Jesus was doing on earth. In your early Christian days, God would do a lot for you. But as time passes, We are meant to grow up and do those things ourselves. On the day the Israelites entered the promised land, the manna stopped falling from heaven and the water stopped coming out of the rock. When you find that things that God did sovereignly for you have stopped, it's not a sign that He has left you. It's a sign that you are stepping into a greater day of possessing your promises. He has stopped doing that so that you would start doing what you're meant to do. When the disciples were in the boat, they were all drowning because the sea was pouring in on them. They cried out to God, dear God, dear God, help us. There is a time to pray, but there's a time to command. There's a time to pray, but there's a time to prophesy. And you will release the power that is in your mouth when you prophesy to your circumstance. Instead of saying, God, come and heal my marriage. Speak it yourself, my marriage is getting healed. Instead of saying, God, fix my finances. Say, my finances are getting fixed now. You can do what you wanted God to do. They're running around the boat. They're saying, we're drowning. Our business is going under. Our marriage is going under. My medic, my health is going under. Jesus, come and help us. And when they found Him, He was asleep. God, we've been calling on you and here you are sleeping. If you do not progress, you will end up blaming God for not caring about you. You will think that His absence or His sleeping is a sign that He doesn't care. But He goes to sleep so that you will wake up. He goes to sleep so that you would realise what you actually have. And Paul is constantly praying. If only I had three years with your brain, I could change it. That's why you should come to C3 College. Amen. Just one year would be good. Paul is praying, 
I pray that the eyes of their understanding will be open, that they understand the greatness of His power towards us in Christ, the riches of His glory and inheritance in Christ. I pray that they'd get it, that have an aha moment. They go, that's it. He was wanting the Ephesians to realise who they were in Christ. So Jesus gets up, stills the storm. He says, where's your faith? You could have done this. You could have done this. Maybe God isn't doing all the things you wanted Him to do because He's waiting for you to do it. He thinks you can do it. He believes in you. Maybe it's time to move on from just saying, God, do it all for me. You will never find Jesus working a miracle by saying to the sick guy, hey, sick guy, just lie down there. Healing's coming your way. He said, pick up your bed and walk. Stand up. Lepers, go show yourself to the priest. Blind guy, go, go wash your eyes. There was always action. There's something you can do. There's something you can say. Take your authority, take your power and exercise that recharged spirit of yours. Recharge and release in Jesus' Name. Give the Lord a clap offering. Hey, I hope you were blessed by that message. We release new content every single week here at Vive Church. And so if you don't wanna miss any of it, I would encourage you, go ahead and subscribe. Also visit our website, vivechurch.org to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the life of Vive Church. God bless you.